Welcome to I Love My HBCU Question Mark, the podcast where we express our undeniable love for HBCUs, but where we are also not afraid to address a few tough questions. So, sit back, learn a little, love a lot, and rep your HBCU. Hello, 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 beautiful people, and welcome to this episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark with Tosin Richard. I'm Tosin Richard. I have two lovely, lovely, amazing human beings joining me on this episode. But before, before I introduce them, before I introduce them, as, as those who are listening to us know, um, we're kind of doing something slightly different. These are our winter episodes that we're recording. So we have not brought back our uh, HBCU, technically HBCU made and HBCU now guests. This episode, however, is really, really special to me because it is the episode that we get to talk about an initiative that I love my HBCU question mark has been working on for quite a bit. And now before I get to all of that, I must introduce you to the lovely people joining me because they are an instrumental part of that initiative. I'm going to go with Alani Napier first. Alani, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How about yourself? I'm well, I'm well. Tell us about you. All right. Well, I am a political science major and I'm a freshman. Um, and I also do acrobatics and tumbling at Morgan State. I love it. I love it. I love it when our freshmen, listen, Alani, when I kind of just threw this, this initiative out, Alani said, I'm in, like I'm, I'm in. And that's a freshman. That's impressive. Tyler Mitchell. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on here. And um, I am a political science major and a junior. And um, as you can see behind me, I uh, play piano on occasion. I love it so much. And I, I love to tell the entire world that Tyler Mitchell, this is not, this is not a fib, Tyler Mitchell taught himself, taught himself how to play the piano over COVID. Tyler, do you, do you get offended when people ask you to play them a little number? Not at all. I love it. Would you like to play us a very, very short number? I would love to. Thank you. I've he didn't know I was going to ask him to do this. this. <laughs> I am prepared for this. Okay. taught himself how to play the piano over over covid um and and plays it so i i'm lucky i've gotten to hear tyler play on quite a few occasions and i'm always reminded the power of what we can do if we have enough interest and enough dedication to go after it thanks mm -hmm. a lot tyler thank you so, so tyler much absolutely tyler and alani um you are two of a nine member student summit organization or organizers team that when I when I shared with you, again, most people know that I am a administrator and college professor at Morgan State University, who also happens to be the 
founder and CEO of I Love My HBCU question mark LLC. And even though you get to hear about us talk about the podcast, there are two other really big initiatives that um, um, I Love My HBCU LLC is behind. Um, and one of them is what we want to talk about today, um, because even though we're not announcing the exact date yet, it is happening in spring 2024, and it is Generation Next Thought Leaders. Say, say it with me, guys. Generation, Generation Next, Next Thought, Thought Leaders. Leaders. And these two, these two lovely human beings are part of Generation Next. But um, what is Generation Next Thought Leaders? It is an initiative that in its inaugural year of spring 2024, um, there will be a summit. It is a summit. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm getting tongue twisted. And it's it's excitement that's ruining the, the delivery of this statement at this point. But it is a summit that amplifies the voices of young black students who are voters and soon to be voters to be more politically and civically engaged in society. Um, there's so many stereotypes out there about what young black voices do and don't do. And I get lucky enough to hear the diversity behind those voices. So the purpose of this summit is to activate and amplify black student voices in politics and civic engagement. And guys, it's an election year. 2024 is an election year. So we're going to be leaning heavy on the politics side of this in the summit, as opposed to just the civic engagement side. But again, this is just year one. There are more of these to come. And what I love about this one of a kind summit that we're putting together is the persons who will be the voices that you hear the loudest in the room that we're going to intentionally amplify and not the ones you're used to hearing. It's going to be the students. The students will be the ones serving as panelists on crowdsourced national interest issues. And it is the key stakeholders, such as your senators, your congresspersons, your council members, and your civic organization leaders that are going to be the audience in the room. Um, Tyler and Alani, when I described to you guys what this initiative was, even before you were all in to saying, hey, listen, I wanna help put this together. What was your immediate thought? How will it benefit Baltimore? Because I, I was born and raised here and I love my city a lot. And anything that puts positive attention on the city is something that I wholeheartedly support. And so when I was learning about the program, I, I wanted to learn what exactly would offer to Baltimore City. And it's offering a voice. It's offering attention placed on Baltimore City. And that made me really excited to be a part of that because I, I feel like I am contributing to the lifeblood of the city I love. So, so I, how can I do this without students like Tyler? Alani, I want to hear what your impression was as well before, um, 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 I, before I get too far ahead. But I want to quickly say this. You'll notice I never even mentioned where it was going to be. And in, 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 my, in Tyler's response to his reaction when he heard about the summit, he brought up Baltimore City and he could not be more right. I said to you, um, as I said to everybody as I was putting this together, because people said, oh my gosh, we're going to do this in D.C. because, you know, D.C. is the political uh, seat of the country. I said, no, Baltimore City, 
Baltimore City. We need people to see what Baltimore City can birth and what Baltimore City brings together. So, sorry, Alani, Alani, what was your thought when you heard of this summit? Honestly, I was like, when are we getting started? I was super excited to be a part of something like this just because I haven't really done anything like this before. So I was ready to hear the game plan, know exactly what I was going to do, how I was going to contribute. Like, I was just excited. I was ready to go. I appreciate it. So I'm excited too. I'm excited and I'm grateful. I am lucky that I have, again, it's nine of you, but it's just the two of you that we get to speak to on this particular podcast who decided oh my gosh, this, this, is, this, is, this is great, we need to do this. So, now you know I love my HBCU question mark. And yes, you know that this particular episode is primarily going to have us talking about the summit. But you know what's coming next, right? No? Gotcha. You don't? The rapid fire segment, I have to bless you with a rapid fire segment. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this okay so because it's only fair that each of you gets to give a rapid fire answer we're going to do it separately so Lani's going to go first and then Tyler's going to go second and typically I ask a lot of fun questions but knowing you political science majors this might actually end up being fun for you but I'm going to lean in on the politics side of things for this rapid fire segment. Are you ready? Oh, of course. Tyler, no, not Thailand. Alani looks nervous. Alani I looks like, I, I don't know what to expect, but I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, good. Okay, <laughs> good. All right. So, ah, oh, I'm going right for it. 60 seconds, 67 seconds on the clock after the first question. Trump or DeSantis? 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 Biden or Williamson? <laughs> Biden. Biden, okay. If you could pick... Nah, okay, yeah. If you could choose another country to live in based on their political policies, where would you go? Switzerland. Switzerland, okay, okay. On a scale of one through ten... Rate your college campus's level of political engagement. Oh, I think it's, I would say six, seven, just depending on which group you decide to talk to. I like that. I like that. I like that. Name one of the greatest achievements in politics so far. Oh, that's a real big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, greatest achievement in politics. Honestly, I can't think of like a greatest achievement right on top of my head, but I know something that like honestly hit me a little bit when it happened. The um the ruling to get rid of like the sorry, I'm a little nervous. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um abortion rights. Okay. That's something very recent that happened and it shocked me. It's not the greatest thing that happened, but it's something that when I think of politics, that's what's pops in my mind so it was it a how 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 could this be happening kind of yeah, thing with regards much. to the ruling okay no it's just a it was such a big step and then you went two steps backwards got it 
got it okay so time's up on yours but i always take the liberty to ask one extra question so i'm going to ask you one extra question share your unpopular opinion about politics mm, unpopular opinion i think that i don't know it's very i feel like it should be more talk more widely it's not very unpopular opinion but i know a lot of people would say like oh, i don't really care about politics but everybody should know what's going on so everyone and, should be involved with politics at yes. some level and at an, an education level it needs to be taught more widely yes, like 1000 percent. and i especially feel like for like voting i feel like there should be some kind of requirement to it just because I know people can be a little bit iffy and not informed, but if you back the informing people with voting requirements, you can build something pretty great in my mind. Voting, Alani believes that voting should be a requirement. Interesting, mm. interesting. Tyler, are you ready for your- Oh, I'm very, very ready. He's like, I'm very ready. I'm very <laughs> ready. Tyler, I think you're gonna love this one. So 67 seconds on the clock after the la the first, sorry, after I read the first question. I like this one for Tyler. Tyler, if you could create a fantasy political team with historical and fictional figures, Mm. Who would be your president and who would be your vice president? Oh, that is a brilliant question. Mm, who would be my president? In all honesty, given what he went through, I think Frederick Douglass would make a really good vice president. I think he would be able to give a fa some fantastic advice that I don't think I'd be able to receive anywhere else. And in the context of president, Mm, that's a really, really good question. It's a really good question. I want to say W.E.B. Dubois, as he was well-informed to, to what went on, especially sociologically. I think having research done and just knowing what you do is important for being in policy and for influencing the lives of others. You picked, we're not gonna dig into it right now, but you picked two um, African-American or black men to be president and vice president. I'm gonna come back to that at some point in time, even if not today. I find that very interesting. Um, okay, on a scale of one through 10, it's not what I asked um, Alani, on a scale of one through 10, rate your college campuses level of civic engagement civic engagement. I will say, are we talking among students or staff and faculty? You get to pick. If we're talking among students, I want to say six. Okay. okay. I think it could certainly be better. I think okay. a lot of people end up having to do it because it's volunteer hours, not because it's something they actively drive and desire to do. And Got so it. if it was a driven desire, I would say maybe about seven or eight. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, they've told me that my time's up, but I still want to ask you these questions if, just for kicks and giggles. Trump or DeSantis? Trump. Biden or Williamson? Williamson. Interesting. Interesting. Caitlin <laughs> went with DeSantis. Oh, complete opposite. <laughs> Caitlin went with DeSantis and Biden. Mitchell went with Trump and Williamson. Interesting. I'm going to end your rapid fire the same way I ended Alani's. 
Um, and you know the question, share your unpopular opinion about politics. I think Biden should retire because I don't think he is all there mentally, personally. That is an opinion. That is an opinion. Alani is gasping. Tyler is very sure in his statement. Tosin is going to move on. How about that? <laughs> Tosin is going to move on. However, however, for those listening, if you can't tell that this little rapid fire fun segment that we just had isn't reason enough for all of us to hear more and more of what young black voices have to say about politics, I don't know what else is. If you noticed how different their viewpoints were, if you notice how different their perspectives were. Mind you, in my very limited experience, one of the reasons that really pushed me towards putting this initiative together, this summit together, is young Black voices are, are seen as a monolith when it comes to the voting category. And that is so, so incorrect. All right, without much further ado, let's get into some fun, exciting questions for you that should hopefully rile people up, get people excited to want to hear more about and show up for Generation Next Thought Leader Summit. It is going to be spring 2024. I can't wait until I'm dropping the actual date, but please be on the lookout. Spring 2024, Generation Next Thought Leaders Summit. Yes, something very quick that I need to mention. Yes, I'm a product of HBCUs. So the title of my company is I Love My HBCU Question Mark. But this summit is specifically for young Black voices, regardless of where you are matriculating, HBCU or not. All right, are we ready for some of these lovely, meaty questions that you don't know what they are? Yes. Lovely, okay. First, first question out the gate. How important do you think it is that the summit is not helmed by any one university or college? I see Tyler nodding. Do you wanna take that? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> I think it's very important because if you have students who are repping one single university, they have to be very careful about how they phrase certain things because it might not go under the overall message of the university. And they might see it, be seen as a monolith for the university. And we want the perspective of students, not the perspective of students who are repping their university under their name. I couldn't have said it better. Alani, do you have anything to add? No, um, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. And like having the name of a school on your shoulders, it's like you, you're very hesitant and we don't want anybody to filter themselves. So, Okay, so, so for students who are planning to be panelists, I hope you're hearing it from Tyler. I hope you're hearing it from Alani. What we want to do as a group of organizers is to amplify your voice, to give you the credence, to give you the space to use those voices. And Alani says, don't filter yourselves. Tyler definitely isn't going to filter himself as you just heard not too long ago. Don't filter yourselves. Um, we are in a environment whereby if your opinion isn't popular, it is wrong. 
And I'm hoping that this summit will serve as an example of people with differing, differing opinions coming together, being able to discourse, being able to converse, and still walk away and go and have a meal later on. Because, hey, isn't that the beauty of life? All of us not thinking the exact same thing and still being rest assured in our own beliefs. Okay. Um, oh, <laughs> why do you think Black students, and Alani, I want you to go first on this one. Why do you think Black students who don't identify as Democrats often remain silent about their political views? 1,000%, they're afraid that their peers are going to say something and attack them for it. Because, um, you know, most African-Americans are Democrats. And so you just kind of like face that little moment where you're like, oh, are they going to really think I'm Black? Or are they going to think I'm siding with the white man? So. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's you made it about race at the end. Are they going to really think I'm black or am I siding with the white man? One thousand percent. That's how I view it. Why they will filter themselves. So. Um, Tyler, you're chomping at the bits. Please go ahead. Well put. Like um, there are things like in my own case that I have to police around people around my age because they will be taken in a certain way where people are very quickly to revoke your, your black card if you have a, a dissenting opinion, especially if it's on the more conservative side. And so I, um, in my case, I, I wouldn't consider myself a Republican or Democrat. I'm more so an independent. And um, even then, there are things I just won't say or I'll say in a confusing way that um, protect my own reputation. Wow. Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, that That's heavy. Um, that's heavy. And the reason why Tosin is having all these reactions is because, and I like the way you said, I will state some of these things in a confusing way. Can I push that a little further and say it is causing many of us to be dishonest about yes. some of our viewpoints yeah. when yes. we're having conversations? And I, I say it that way because I've seen it happen in real time um, people say, oh no, Dr. Tosin, I don't know where these black uh, conservatives are, just as an example, or where these black non-Democrats are, as another example. But I, I talk to them. I will never mention their names because I can tell that even when they're talking to me, they're a little frightened to identify with anything other than being a Democrat. And it, again, Tyler's been kind when Tyler says he not kind tyler is sharing with us how he chooses to approach it and that is to share things in a confusing way but i'm here to tell you i've heard people outright lie about what they really think and both of you immediately said yes meaning you've been audience to those things happening as well when we just have not created platforms for ourselves to be respectfully accepted in our differing opinions if you are black and don't identify as democrat uh thanks for answering that thanks for addressing that because it's a real thing and i wish more people would dig into it so that we can start getting honest about some of our conversations because when i go back there and vote guys sometimes for many of us it's not what i've shared with you 
that I'm going back there in that booth all by myself to vote on. And then you wonder why all these poll predictions aren't matching up as consistently as they used to back in the day. Okay, okay, Tosin, I I can get on this soapbox. Can you tell? Oh, I'm trying yeah. not to, trying not to, but I can get, but now you see why the summit was necessary, right? For all of us to get on our soapboxes for two seconds, but informed, informed soapboxes, not just soapboxes for the fun of it. Um, I didn't come up with all these questions, hence my gazes when I look down, which is good, which is good. My team comes up with some of the questions as well, because like, we, want, we, want, we want this one. What is your viewpoint on how both Democrats and Republicans court young Black voters? Okay, I can definitely say that I feel like right now, Democrats are very much trying to appeal to younger generations, specifically young black voters. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like it's definitely more so they're saying things to get them excited rather than really hearing what they want. Or I'm gonna just leave it at that. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. That's how I personally feel. Tyler. Well put, I would say, um, where a lot of what is given from Democrats to, um, you know, Black demographics is just kind of like floaty words to make it seem like we have your backs, when in reality, it's to get the vote and oftentimes nothing happens afterwards. Exactly. Um, it's, it's not illegal to lie during a campaign. Um, and so we, we expect truth. And we expect accountability and nothing happens. And then we wonder why nothing happened. And um, it's people don't necessarily expect the black demographic to be a competitive demographic. Um, it's just like, oh, well, they're Democrats and that's it. When that's not the case. Where I've met a lot of black Republicans who have economic views, who think like, um, who say, I had more money under Trump. And that's a common view. And um, that's not really taken into account, like the economic factor of, um, you know, voting Democrat. Wow, this is going to be an amazing summit, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is going to be an amazing summit, even if it's just that we provide the platform for viewpoints like this to be safely expressed and then to be heard. And here's the hope because there's a difference between hearing and listening and then doing, right? And um, the, 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 the plan, the goal is that all of the audience is actually going to be people who could do something if they wanted to do something. Um, this is gonna be an exciting summit. This is gonna be an exciting summit. Um, what value exists in having young black voices heard? in the political landscape? What's the value behind it? Tyler, go ahead, go first. I okay. I would say a level of diversity within diversity. Because as you had said before, black people are not a monolith and black people are already a minority as is. And so you have a, um, a technicolor demographic who is seen as wholly uniform, where you have these voices amplified and it's not monotone at all. It's not monotone. And 
it should not be seen as monotone. And when you have these voices amplified and not just talked about or assumed, it's shown that it's not monotone at all. Yeah, I honestly like couldn't have said that any better. Like it's pretty much value behind it is breaking stereotype, making sure that just like Tyler said, all diversity within the black community is heard and understood. And that's a lot, there's a lot of value behind that. So, so I said I might come back to it, so I'm gonna come back to it. And um, here's the reality. Tyler, you're not the only person that has the viewpoints that you do with regards to um, Biden um, and the age. Uh, I'm gonna put it on age. I'm not gonna put it on anything else uh, for now. Um, but the age that Biden has and whether or not that age lends itself to ability to be um, our next president. You may have also heard, because I know I have, I, I listen to uh, a lot of political um, 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 jargon and media that's out there, as two political science majors do as well. And you may have also heard that, I'm going to call it the, the democratic machine, because I don't know who the they are. So I'm just going to say the democratic machine. Believe that Biden is still the only viable candidate um, in the Democratic Party to um, beat Trump. What are your thoughts on that? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I'll be quiet. I, I would say I, I wholly disagree. Um, you have a lot of people who just don't trust. Like I, I remember I've seen videos of Biden back in 2016 after, you know, the Obama administration and how he carries himself, how he speaks is, is wholly different compared to now, I feel. And that's only a couple years. And if he is the only candidate, then I think the Democratic Party is, is not in a good place right now, in my complete honesty. Oh, yeah, I would honestly say that right now, a lot of the focus is on Republican candidates just because of like, it's getting kind of crazy over there. Everyone's trying to beat out Trump. So it's like people aren't really informing themselves as much on Democratic candidates. Personally, in my opinion, that's what I believe. Just because they're like, wow, so much is going on over here. And then we're left with, sorry, an old guy. And then just like, random people that aren't really getting as much light as these said Republican candidates. So, I don't know, I just feel like if people take the time to kind of dig deeper into what the other Democratic candidates have to offer, then they might have a change of heart. Okay, okay, that's, thank you. Thank you for that perspective. Um, as you know, because you're part of the organizing team, um, this summit is it's multifaceted. Yes, uh, the purpose, the goal is amplify young black voices in politics and civic engagement. But the format, the structure is very multifaceted. We're going to have student panelists. We're going to have a fireside chat with um, senators from each one of the um, um, multi-party um, 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 designations. And um, 
back to the student panelists, for example, for, for a quick second. Um, you know, because um, you're working um, um, with us on the team on getting this done, that the subject matters, the issues of concern that the, the panelists are going to be talking on are national issues that were crowdsourced. I was surprised by the four national issues that um, ended up beating all other issues that we're going to be talking about on the panel. And I'm not, I don't want to tell the audience all of it yet um, until we make our official announcement. Um, were you surprised? Don't, don't, don't give details, but were you surprised by the four crowd sourced national issues that made it to the top of, of um, our panel picker group for, for the summit? I was not. <laughs> I was, I wasn't surprised, but I wish that something else was picked. Just one other thing was picked rather than the top four. Okay. Oh, I, so I love this. And and listen, when when we now make the assign the announcement, people are going to be wondering which one was it that Alani was <laughs> talking about that she would have liked to have it in the top four. Um, but I, I bring that up intentionally to say that, listen, when, when Obama was running and I asked people why they voted for him, it was very clear to me that nine out of the 10 black persons that voted were very clear. Oh, I'm voting for him because he's a black man. That's it. It didn't matter about the issues. It didn't matter about anything else. It was, I'm voting for him because he's a black man. We crowdsourced issues with regards to this particular summit and there are four major issues, major national issues. Some are not surprised by the issues. Some like Tosin were surprised about the issues that ended up being in the top four as opposed to other issues that I thought would make it to the top four. How much do you think we as a generation, sorry, not a generation, as a population, but especially young black voters, not we, so young black voters, how much do you think your group votes based on issues or votes based on personality? I know it was a, it was a very, very long-winded way of getting to what I wanted to ask, but how, how much do you think, and it's, again, these are just your own personal opinions, I'm totally aware of that, but how much do you think it is driven by the actual issues and how those issues impact and affect you and how you envision them affecting others? Or how much do you think it is based on just the personality, who the person is? So I 1000% think that it's like 70-30 with 70% being personality. Um, a candidate could say one wrong thing and then just run with it, run with it. And they don't really, I, I personally catch myself doing it sometimes too, where I'm just like, oh, I don't like what they said, but I don't really sit there and take the time to look at what they're running for, what policies they're trying to implement. So I would say a lot of our generation is like that. I, I wouldn't think it's just, I honestly don't think it's just your generation. I, I'm, I'm asking about your generation because that's all you can speak on based on your proximity. But I, I, I don't know what the percentages would be, 
but I don't think it's just your generation. So, so don't, don't take that on too harshly. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just your generation. So Alani says 70, 30, 70 personality, 30 issues. Tyler, what's your take on it? Honestly, I would say like 80, 20. I don't think it's just our generation either. I think just in general with our generation being so driven with social media and having a very short attention span, people don't really have the attention to do research on these different policies where I think the person who ends up getting the most um, votes is the person who is the most interesting. Um, and I, I don't think that's, that's the best idea, uh, of course, but it's, it's America where um, consumerism and social consumerism is very, very high. Guys, um, I have enjoyed, we could keep going. You know we could keep going. There's yeah. so much more on our docket with regards to this summit. Um, but, but let's leave the audience here. Let's hopefully leave them wanting more. Let's hopefully leave them wanting to find out the dates, sign up, register, show up, be there. Uh, of course, I'm going to make sure we announce it uh, several more times um, 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 in future episodes of the podcast. But I wanted us to take this, this moment to actually talk about what the summit is going to be. Use this moment to publicly initially thank nine amazing students from several different majors, a little bit lopsided on the political science side, sure, but several different different majors, several different classifications who all I did was mention what it was and they were like, oh, I'm in. There's nothing like this. This needs to happen. I wanna see where this is going. I appreciate you more than words can allow me to express. And to our audience who have listened to us get excited about subject matters that maybe not everybody gets excited about what we do. We hope that you get a little bit more curious. Um, um, our, our philosophy with the Generation Next thought leaders is these are, this is Generation Next, whether we like it or not, these are our future leaders. And it will be nice to know now what they think about some of the issues on the table. So till next time, I hope that you have, how could you not? It's not a hope. How could you not have enjoyed Tyler? And how could you not have enjoyed Alani Napier on this episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark? So go ahead and press that like button. Go ahead and subscribe if you're not already subscribed to I Love My HBCU Question Mark. Till next episode, Tyler Mitchell, thank you. Thank you. Alani Napier, thank you. Wishing us an amazing rest of our planning and an amazing semester for the two of you. And happy new year. Happy, it's still January. Happy new year. <laughs> Have a lovely one, guys. You've been listening to I Love My HBCU Question Mark. Let's keep the conversation going as we share our stories and encourage more practical support of HBCUs, whilst, of course, holding each other accountable. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for the latest episodes. Until next time, love and lift your HBCU.